0: And in three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Guide to the Grind. My name is Jeff Edy. Joining me, as always, is one of Kenner's top mortgage brokers, a heck of a guy, and the unbuckled belt to my Thanksgiving dinner, Mister Jonathan Tilger. Jonathan, how are you today?
1: Uh, I would say I was not prepared for that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, doing phenomenal. Obviously. Um, Love being on here with you, Jeff. Very excited to have Raphael back on here, especially since we're doing the... Quit well, uh,
0: stealing my intro, Thunder. The, Jeez, the, the, Jonathan. The, the,
1: the home at home at home, for those who didn't know, a few weeks back, we we happened to be on his podcast recorded with him. So it, yeah. so he's becoming a good friend of ours. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, I'll, I'll hand it back over to you, Jeff. As I don't like
2: <laughs> we're getting closed really quick.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: All right. He is a real estate coach and organizi- organizational psychologist. He owns a traditional brokerage and a wholesaling fix and flip business. He's passionate about using his uh, investment knowledge, entrepreneurial experience, and background in business psychology to help other entrepreneurs succeed through his wholesaling coaching programs. He teaches his students how to find, negotiate, and close real estate deals while building a successful and sustainable build- business business Please welcome Mr. Rafael Cortez. Rafael, How are you today?
2: I am doing great, man. I'm doing great. I'm telling you like every time I hear your intros, I feel like I gotta step up my game uh, <laughs> when it comes to-, <laughs> to to the creativity. I mean, we all have talents but but yours are obvious <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, no thank you the- for having me back guys.
0: Yeah, we, 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 are, we are certainly glad to have you. As uh, as I like to say, my people were not blessed with looks or money, but we do have charm. We can talk. <laughs> and uh, just a quick shout out to anybody who's listening and watching us live on Facebook. Please drop us a like, leave us a comment. We'll be manning those as we go along. If you have any questions for Raphael, please feel free to reach out. We will uh, get them answered in due time. Raphael... Um, Wow, I don't even know where to start. I love it that we just came on here, asked us, uh, is there anything you want to cover? You're like, no, no, we'll just fly by the seat of our pants and we're all entrepreneurs. So let's dive right into it. We left off last time talking about cold calling. And this is something I'm very passionate about. We'll get into the mindset yeah. stuff and all of that. But um, I want to know from you, actually, this is a big subject. I think this is one of the reasons I wanted to have you back on. First and foremost, can you tell us about your first cold calling experiences and how that <clears> went for you?
2: Jesus. Um, horrible. <laughs> horrible. <Yes. laughs> I, mean, I mean, it was a bloodbath, man. Um, it's, you know, one of those where I, I remember when I started uh, first, when, when I started cold calling, I remember I went through the script. Right. I went through the script and I memorized the thing and I would do this role play in the mirror and then talk to myself and give myself rebuttals and 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 all that stuff. And, and, you know, I was so nervous because I didn't have the reps in. Um, So everything that I I sounded like a uh, like a, you know, a monitor, like a computer. Right. Oh, gosh. I mean, there was no there was no heart behind that conversation. So, I mean, I was I I remember picking up the phone and I started cold calling and I went I I went through, uh, I think, my first Probably my first week was just like really, really weak uh, calls um, in terms of um, I had people picking up the phone and whatnot, but uh, they would hear my hesitation, feel my hesitation. More importantly, uh, on the other side of the phone, I was like, nope, <laughs> like, nope, nope. <laughs> no after no I mean some people you know told me you know some things about my mom and 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 you know oh. <laughs> you no know, it's not wow calling I mean, that sort of thing but we're cold calling right so we're and I'm, I'm like my background is fire I'm, I used to be a firefighter usually when a firefighter shows up People are happy to see firefighters. Right. So I wasn't used to that rejection. Like I wasn't a cop, Uh, you know, when a cop shows up, like people usually, you know, like, and, you know, it's kind of like a a joke that we had, you know, going on. But but yeah, people see firefighters and they're happy. Right. And so uh, I was like, I'm not used to this rejection. Like I didn't have the skin for it, man and uh, it really like it hit me um at a at a, at a mindset level like heavy during mm-hmm. the the first few weeks and then i just you know under, i started under, once i uh, the, the big thing the big game changer for me was understanding that they they're pissed off at something you know when people react to you you know in, a, in the, you know that way they're pissed off at something but it's not you i mean we're just part of that situation we're kind of like the droplet that spills the cup um, but they don't, they don't know us when we're cold calling, when we're reaching out to people, they don't know who we are, so they can't hate us. Right. Um, and, uh, and I sat with that and it was like, all right, cool. They're, they're going through something. Uh, I gotta have the emotional intelligence to control my emotions and not feel bad about somebody who doesn't know me and, and just, you know, kind of carry on. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, I had conversations that, um, um, that, that were, you know, two seconds long. And then some that started expanding to 30 minutes, you know, within as the weeks progressed, uh, people started, you know, to share more. And, and uh, it really became one of those things where, where when you understand that you're having a conversation with somebody, even if you're cold calling, going through the records, like the thing is you have that connection, that humanness uh, to, to that conversation, regardless of who it is, like people will spill their guts to you over the phone. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it was just a, a, an overall interesting approach. The reason I like cold calling is because it, it gives you that, uh, that tenacity that you need um gives you the experience in terms of the verbiage the the conversations the type of pushback you're going to have i mean it gets you on point for rebuttals um and then it just gives you you know thicker skin like at the end of the day like that's the thing that builds the thicker skin that we need uh especially in real estate like like nothing faces me i had um i think last week we still had uh we had this gentleman that my um call back and I mean, he was just he was irate. Right. And um, he was super mad. And then so they sent him over to me. It's was like, can you handle this? Like my employees didn't know how to handle it. And we don't have we don't have a like we don't hang up the phone on somebody and then just kind of leave it at that. Right. We want to we want to mediate the situation and, and diffuse it if they're pissed off. And we did something wrong. We to know what it is. So uh, they're instructed to send me anybody who's, who's like that. The guy calls me and I mean, ha- I'm having the worst conversation with this gentleman because he got he got a text. And he was upset because we had a name and and an address. Uh, So he felt like we were invading his privacy. It was like, no, I mean, you buy, you buy records all over the place. It's it's just, you know, it's, it's, you know that's publicly available yeah (laughs) um but uh but the the like the big thing and this guy was i mean he would have been scary if we had him in person in front of us you know what i mean it just like one of those my my team was intimidated they were all freaking out like what's going on um but you know it came down to (laughs) so (laughs) i actually asked them you know after you know i don't know maybe three to five minutes of venting and screaming um uh, I asked him, so so just to be clear, you don't want to sell the house, right? <laughs> and he stopped, like to me, it was a pattern interrupt, but he stopped yep. on his tracks. He goes, Like, are you serious? Like, listen, I know we did something wrong. We reached out, but uh, you're I, I feel like there's something going on. Um, it can't be me because you don't, I mean, we we don't know each other, right? So l- help me understand, you know, what we can do to you know help you through this process. And and I don't know, that little conversation of being or that little, you know, you know three minute phrase or i'm sorry 30 second phrase was uh was a reset for for that whole conversation we actually came back um to to level and then we actually started having a, a a a honest conversation we ended up putting the guy on on our dnc list um but uh but he was having you know marital problems and going through a lot of stuff we just happened to be that one call that spilled it over mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean cold calling dude it's 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 one of those things that uh, like you have to do it because it's gonna build you up, uh, and then of course it gives you leads and gets so, you paid.
1: <laughs> so I, I I got one comment here, and then then I'll, then I'll just throw a I got a couple questions as well. So so comment first of all is just going back to what you were saying about it sort of prepares you for anything. So like when you comment on a podcast, we say hey we're just gonna fly by your seat your fans. You're just like yeah. hey. I've cold called. No, let's go yeah. for it.
2: <laughs> you can't hurt me, bro. <laughs> it takes a
0: lot of preparation to be able to fly by the seat of your pants. That's uh, yeah. as, as glib as we are about it. The fact that you can do that means you've been doing it a long time and have the the, the resources mentally to be able to, yeah. to to pivot whenever needed. Sorry, Jonathan. yeah. But...
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, now you, you mentioned that you talked about having scripts at mm-hmm. the beginning. So first of all, where do you get the scripts from? And also... Where when did you reach the I guess decision in your business that cold calling was the route to go?
2: Um, I've tried, so I'll answer the uh, script question first. So the scripts, um, it's a combination of stuff that I would find on the internet and whatnot, but I've I've always been intentional about learning. So I, I would try, for example, I would go into a seller appointment or or you know, try something new on a call and engage the response of it like an opening for example I, I started with these elaborate openings hey listen i'm calling from this this and that and very professional and people would hang up on me like before i was i don't know 20 percent into it and then um if i if i opened up with a short opening uh and it was just very very informal i would have a shot at the next 30 seconds so you know that sort of thing and i started building you know putting together the scripts and scripts I believe in them because they'll prep you for the rebuttals and whatnot. Right. But I don't believe in reading a script when you're having a conversation with somebody else and, and doing like a, an interrogation when you're going through the, you know, tell me about the property um, and that sort of thing. I know there's questions that have to be asked. So you follow the, uh, the kind of like the cues on the script, but you still have to make it your own. Right. You have to make it conversational. Um, uh, so that's you know that's that's the uh, the thing and, and like on my coaching programs and all that stuff i, I have the closers playbook that's what i call it but i have a, a stack of of just about every you know single thing that's been effective in the conversations that i've had over the last uh, 12 years so um wow. and um and where would i uh, get a copy of that <laughs> dude if you want it i'll give you guys the uh, I'll, I'll send you guys a link
0: really um, that's amazing yeah, yeah,
2: yeah i'll hook you guys up uh and um so and the next thing is cold calling it it really is about you know having conversations right like at the end of the day that's what we're looking for we can try anything when it comes to marketing we can try pay-per-click we can try direct mail we can you're gonna have to open your mouth at some point you know during that conversation actually have a you know or you know during that interaction and have a conversation with somebody right um but i went heavy on ppc and then uh um google started you know skyrocketing the the cost of it so the cost per leave was super high uh i went uh, you know heavy on facebook ads and that was working for a while and then they switched one thing on the algorithm it just broke our mm-hmm. campaigns it's like man um i went um you know text messaging you know super heavy and this is a mistake i made at the beginning of the year um and um uh, I, I leaned too much into it because the results are great with text messaging. So a uh, little context, like the, the main two strategies that we use now are cold calling and text messaging for lead generation. Um, but I dialed back my cold calling department. So I had, uh, I, I had seven cold callers and we, I mean, we were just going through records and all, you know, all that stuff. And because text messaging was cost effective and it was doing so well, uh, like, ah, uh, we're going to have to, you know, just size, you know, downsize the, uh, the cold calling department. So I ended up with one lead manager, right? So, Pretty much wiped out the the cold calling department. They were bringing in steady leads, about two leads a day and that sort of thing. Uh, When text messaging was giving us a lot more leads, less qualified, whatnot, but we still had that flow. Um, Well, they started red flagging words, uh, the carriers and, and, uh, Mm. you know, a lot of that changed um, right around March. And uh, and we went five weeks where the leads died because our templates got red flagged uh, from the text messaging. So, I mean, I had to scramble and start rebuilding the cold calling department again. Like cold calling is the one thing that I've been doing uh, since I got started in 2009. That's never, uh, and it's got longevity. It's got, it's, it's tried and tested. Uh, it doesn't get, you know, crazy algorithm changes. Uh, it stays pretty steady when it comes to lead generation and cost. Um, <clears throat> and so I have that as a backbone. I'll bolt on other strategies. Like now I see text messaging as a really nice bolt on to it. But if it goes away, I still have the cold calling. You know what I mean? You've got to have a way to, to have that consistency in place, and, and that's what it does for us.
0: You know, the way you just described that reminds me of the investing world where I see real estate as like the most steady, long, uh, time-tested way to do things where there's a lot less outside factors. So that would be your 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 cold calling for your marketing Whereas yeah. PPC might be perhaps the crypto of, uh, of, of the marketing world because yeah. <clears> it does change so quickly and so easily. Yeah. Um, Apple putting out changes, Facebook wanting, you know, you can't even target your audiences anymore if you want anything to do with financial, um, yeah. which is just crazy. It just it totally destroys the, the ability to, to create those leads. But in the, under the auspice of fairness, I guess, um, how long did it take you to start getting good at cold calling?
2: um heck I, I feel like i still learn every day um, <laughs> it's it's it, it, to me it wasn't really I, I wouldn't say good but i started getting uh, you know i I accepted it. I embraced it. Right. I like that was the first thing I embraced it. And then I kind of got comfortable with it. Um, Even when I speak, one of my biggest self-conscious, you know, things was my accent. Like sometimes, you know, my 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 Spanish will betray me and it'll come out like right in the middle of when I'm trying to speak English. (laughs) And, And like so I'll say some like, I don't know, some weird word that it's not supposed to be said that way. And that to me was like very you know, impactful in terms of like my self-conscious, like nah, I sound stupid. Like if I do, I'm not comfortable with the way I speak and whatnot. And then I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to, you know, you know, whatever. So I, I I accepted it at first. Right. And then I started embracing. I started understanding that, yeah, I'm, I'm a little rough around the edges when I speak, but that's me. Right. Uh, and then the, uh, the, the getting good part really was just repetition was, was putting yourself you know, through the ringer, you know, again and again and again. And when you get hit um, with, you know, a bad call, you have, you know, somebody that's insulting or, you know, whatever. And it happens. I mean, it happens quite a bit. There's a lot of rejection in cold calling. Uh, Not being able to just, you know, as soon as you cut the line, you know, leaving that emotion there, right. Not carrying it over into the, uh, into the next call. Like when you get to that point, I feel that you're, you're, you're good right? Quote, unquote, good. As far as skill sets and and rebuttals and strategizing and all that stuff, you're always learning. Um, but it really becomes a matter of comfort. which is one of mm-hmm. those things that, okay, it's just, you know, part of what I do now, I don't have to, you know, you know, psych my way up to, to a cold calling session.
0: Um, there's so much I want to unpack here. And I don't want to move on before we're ready. Uh, but the mindset is a huge thing around this. And there's there's a lot <clears throat> to that before we get there um one of the things i think you said that was really interesting is that you know having your boxed outcomes and understanding there's only going to be there's always going to be a variable where somebody's had a really bad day and something you know i called a lady a few weeks ago and um she was crying when she answered the phone yeah and i had an inkling because of an earlier conversation uh, that i had with her a couple of days before i was following up that, that you know perhaps somebody had passed away in her in her life and it's those are your outliers. But at the same time, you have to have enough wherewithal to not be trying to push your stuff in those times. Right. You know, you can put them on the, the callback list, <clears throat> but um what do you see as the major outcomes or it's not how I want to explain that. What I try and tell, tell the, the, our team when we're training them is that you're going to only have certain types of personalities and you may have, you know, you're going to have one script and there's going to be four to maybe six different types of responses you're going to get from this. Yeah. And the more numbers that you can, you can go through the the less likely you are to be derailed by any of those certain types of personalities that you're going to find on those calls. Do you have yeah. any tools that you've taught people on, Hey, this is what's going to happen. You're laying the same framework over a <laughs> massive amount of people so that you don't have, you're not going to have to worry about thinking about things because it's just going to be in your uh, closers playbook.
2: Yeah, uh, I actually do have a a, uh, a super quick you know type of a, so we have a, a a matrix on on understanding tonality and behavioral traits, behavioral tendencies. I'm huge into psychology and
1: mm-hmm. and I
2: bring that into the business development aspect of it. Um, but I also, you know, bringing it to the, the, the conversations <clears throat> when you, the way, the way you talk to one person is going to be totally different than the way that, you know, you talk to the next, mm-hmm. right. Um, the, the framework, the, the foundation of it, as far as the questions, what you need to discover, I call it the discovery conversation. It's really what we do when we're. When we're, you know, quote unquote negotiating, we're not negotiating anything. We're we're discovering, okay, what's mm-hmm. going on? What's you know, what's a deeper, the real issue? What's the real problem that we can come in and solve? Um, but as you're going through that discovery conversation, you, you have to understand how how people, um, you know, process information, right? Um, if you go, I'm I'm a huge fan of of uh, you know, for example, a disk profile. It's super easy way to to uh, to understand that we're all. Um, algorithms. I actually teach a class on that uh, to my to my corporate clients, um, but it's it's really a game changer. So I I, I would suggest uh, or highly encourage people to to look at. I'm putting um it's not ready yet, so I'm not even going to talk about it. But, but um, I am I'm putting a a, uh, a master class on on behavioral tendencies um, and it's um, dynamics of communication, uh, effective communication. That's what it's called. But it's based off of that kind of stuff. How do you um how do you convey your point across the table? through uh to to different people right different perspectives of understanding Uh, and then you have you you have tonality you have pitch you have pace you have a lot of things you know you know how we read body language when we're in front of somebody and you can tell whether or not they're interested and that sort of thing we have the same thing over the phone um but it's so if you understand that part and and that's a soft skill right you understand that part the hard skills the questions. You know, th- those are going to be trained, and then you just bring them in and adapt them to, to your own, you know, conversation. That's really what happens. So when, when you're able to marry those two and understand, okay, these are the set of questions that I need uh, to to uh, to figure out if I can solve a problem for this person, right? This is this is that frame. This is that box. Um, now, how do I communicate that to this person? That's where behavioral tendencies and, and strengths come in.
0: I think that's massive. You can't be the same thing to every person. Yeah. Um, one of the people that I learned cold calling from was Jordan Belfort no, and, uh, yeah, the Wolf of Wall Street was the straight yeah. line persuasion. And, uh, one of the things he talked about was mirroring and matching, which I'm sure you're familiar with, nice uh, how, yeah, uh, yeah, Jonathan and I are both um well, it's called uh, what is it Jonathan, human interaction technology, but it's basically basically NLP certified. Yeah. And uh maybe it's like what uh what Bruce Lee did for kung fu. Uh yeah. <laughs> our, our, our guy down you're in uh, Arizona, right? Our guy Michael yeah, Burnoff down is. there taught it to us. But um you know, he was talking about how one guy was yelling at him when he came in his office and he just raised his his tonality to be not yelling at mm-hmm. him but talking loudly. Yeah, And as soon as he did that, he's like, every other mortgage, he was a mortgage agent at the time, every other mortgage agent uh, that ever dealt with them was always intimidated by the guy. But the guy actually started to like Jordan Belfort because (laughs) he's like, oh, you're like me. You're loud, you're boisterous. And now they started having a conversation. He ended up becoming great friends with the guy. I think that's something that people really miss because they're so self-centric when they first start calling.
2: Yeah. Um it it's it's so true man it's well we have that that uh lack of confidence and I'll speak for myself on this right when we're getting started so am I going to say the right things am I going to say this right i want to have everything perfect so that <laughs> that uh that's that's that a doubt <laughs> That sense of doubt creates that quivering in your voice, right? So you don't have that confidence. And if you have somebody uh, who's loud on the other side of the phone and they're like like that guy that I was, you know, kind of trying to defuse the other day, um, it's I have somebody like that, but I'm quiet on my end. It's we're we're communicating at different ranges. Yeah, like it's just what it is. It's like if somebody is running and I'm walking like we're not going to get there at the same at the same pace right we have to catch up and be at the same we at the same level uh so it becomes uh it's mirroring and matching is huge now here's here's a here's a the kicker though you uh, they um, you'll see a lot of a lot of people uh, train and coach mirroring and matching and then yeah you have to mirror and match you have to mirror and match you have to mirror and match to build rapport to build that connection right <clears throat> If you don't do it right, it's going to be so obvious. Uh, Like to me, it's like somebody's trying to, when somebody's trying to mirror and match me, it's like, oh, son, Uh, that's cute. Uh, And and I've had it happen, believe it or not. Um, And, um, but uh, when you create real rapport, when you create real rapport, when you know that you have rapport with somebody else is when they are mirroring and matching you. It's a subconscious behavior. It's a subconscious. We don't control it. Even if I tell you, listen, I, I'm giving you a, a you know a full talk on mirroring and matching, and then we're gonna you know talk a, you know about a, a, move on to another topic. Even though you're aware, you can't control it, like because we're our brain only thinks about one thing at a time, right? So you're not gonna be thinking about the mirroring and matching, then processing some other type of information. It's just it happens. However, your subconscious picks it up. is like all right, we are, we're we're on the same level. We're connected um, in frequency. And, um, and, and communication wise, like it's, it's there. So when people start mirroring you and you'll see it, like when you, uh, I've been, you know, I've, I've gone through a lot of conversations where I'm across the table and I'll lean forward just to see what's yeah. happened. You know what I mean? I'll lean forward and they will lean forward. I'll lean yep. back. And you know, that person will lean back. That tells me consciously, <laughs> subconsciously, right. We're communicating at the same level. <clears throat> now, what do you do? If you're having a, a, a um, uh, a good solid conversation with somebody, you use those as cues. It's not manipulation. We're not trying to manipulate, but you use them as cues. Like if we're talking about a specific topic, right? Or a problem that they have, Um, you're going to see interest. If I lean in and they lean in, okay, cool. I'm going to go heavier on this topic. But if I lean in and then they push back from it, right. I'm reading that body language um, or or they change the tonality over the phone. All right, cool. I'm going to pick up another, I'm going to pick another topic to talk about where I can, you know, connect back to that, you know, point of rapport. So those are cues, like all that stuff. Um, It's, I mean, they're incredible tools for communication when you understand how to use them. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think that's, uh, I mean, definitely throw some caution out there because <laughs> I remember when I first started using mirroring and matching and oh, I just felt like they saw right through me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, Jonathan and I were actually on a call uh, on the investment side of our company. Uh, what was that two weeks ago, Jonathan? And uh, one of our associates, uh, Brett, was on the call with us. And everybody on the call that was so we just hooked up the people, you know, connecting capitals, the 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 motto of the company. But um, all three of them, once they kind of hit that stride, they took a drink at the same time. And it was amazing to see because the way my screen was, it was Zoom and they were the bottom three. And you could see them all take a drink at the same time. And it's like, this is perfect. This (laughs) I couldn't have planned this better.
2: Yes, we're talking about the right thing right now. Yeah, exactly. um, yeah. So so it, it's uh and then I mean it becomes you know social awareness, right? But it, these are skills that you can practice as you yeah. go through the process. So yeah, all my like my cold calling team is trained on that. They're trained in behavioral tendencies, how to understand those patterns, um, how to communicate like with, with with certain, you know, whatever whatever profiles we come across on over the phone, how to identify them, and then you know, how do we kind of just take that conversation? Um, so so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's huge. I was looking at, uh, I, I was talking about consistency earlier. Are you guys uh, big into KPIs and that sort of thing?
0: Yes. Um, I don't like to call them that because, uh, <laughs> well, you know what, for me, having come from a corporate environment, KPIs were a major pain in my ass because, <laughs> well, you know what, people focused more on the KPIs than the actual work. Yeah, which I, I think is a distractor from what you're doing. Um, now that being said, we track all of our calls. We track, you know, how many people did you get a hold of? How many people did you um yeah. call? How many people said yes? How many people did you follow up with? How many people did you? Because when we're looking at all of that, it's yeah. pretty easy to see where the challenges are.
2: Yeah, absolutely. you you uh, you, you see where the bottlenecks are at. No, I was going to show you the KPIs for the for the co calling and SMS. Oh, please um, do. that I have for my if I can share my screen, can I do that? Is that allowed? I
0: will tell <clears> you. <throat> it looks like you can. No, who can share?
2: There I am. Can you guys see that?
0: Not yet.
2: Oh, okay. That's that?
0: I think we should be good now.
2: Can you guys see that?
1: There yes. we go. Yes.
2: Okay, perfect. I don't know what I was sharing earlier. Uh, all right, so these are these are you know when I was talking about consistency and cold calling, uh, and you this is going back to to Jonathan's question, like why why cold calling? Um, this is this is why you know that period when I you know where where I was talking about that we went heavy on on SMS and dialed back the cold calling. Mm-hmm. This happened.
0: By the way, you just made Jonathan the happiest man on the planet, showing him a spreadsheet.
2: <laughs> oh, bro, KPI galore. <clears throat> no, and, and again, it, it's not about spending a lot of time like in, in, you know, putting all these things together, but we have, we have a, a very methodical process to it. We like today, right after this, this call, I have, um, I have a team meeting where we come in and then we review, okay, where, where, you know, where are we at in terms of KPIs? What happened last week? What's the result? More importantly, how is the consistency? You know, what is that looking like? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is when I went heavy in, 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 uh, into text messaging and then they stopped getting delivered. We went from, you know, having a bunch of uh, text messaging leads to two and then zero prospects. Uh And we were still spending, you know, money on on text messaging. At this point, we're dialing it back because I I should have pulled the trigger sooner. But I I started seeing the trends since like 2021, where it started just kind of declining, Um, pulled back from the cold calling. So we actually went one, two, three, four, five weeks uh, without SMS campaign. And I had to start rebuilding the, uh, the cold calling team. So it's, it's when you track your stuff, I mean, you go back to it and you see where the bottlenecks are, right? Uh, But you can jump to, you know, from, from one week to the next. Now we did that. We used this strategy as a bolt on strategy, because I'm not going to do it again. We started plugging people back into the cold calling and and, uh, department. You see, I mean, you can see how that spiked. Mm
1: -hmm. Four
2: leads, three leads, zero leads, because we were training or whatever. I don't know what happened. then 23, 24, boom, we're back on track. Um, Mm -hmm. But this is the thing that, you know, saved us. Here is where we tapered down. And we're doing very good at the beginning, like towards the, uh, I'm talking November, December when it came to leads. uh, And then we started stepping back from that. So fast forward, um, you have the consistency of the leads 45, 59, 69, 85, 89. So you have that, uh, you know, those numbers coming in Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. This is this is what gives us the consistency. The cold calling. This is the the like the cherry on the, on top. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, um, but and, I mean, and, and, and the, a, com, uh, you know combination of of both, we get anywhere from eighty to one hundred and twenty uh, leads on on any given week. This week was kind of low. We'll see why in the video.
1: And, and the fact, yeah. If you want to be able to improve it, you've got to track yeah. it to know, as you say, where the bottlenecks are. Where where can it be improved? And especially yeah. and especially when you're dealing with a team and you got different people calling. If if you got one person who's, I mean, they call a hundred people, they're converting 10 and everyone else is converting 20, you're like, okay, wait a second. What yeah. skills do they need, need to learn? And if you're not tracking, you don't know.
2: Is it a is it a skill problem or an attitude problem? You go yeah. back to the numbers. And then you know, figure it out from there. But it, it, I mean, it's important, right? Uh, to I, I believe in t- they're not they're not the sexiest, but I believe in try it and test it strategies. I mean, call me crazy.
0: <laughs> no, it's not sexy, and that's the you know that's the funny thing about it is the longer I've been in the sales game, and I've done pretty much all types of sales in house or inside sales, outside sales, door to door, you name it, yeah, I've done it. It's always comes back to reaching out and meeting new people. And the easiest way to do that is to smile and dial.
2: <clears throat> yeah, ex- exactly. Smile and dial. <laughs> I,
1: I, uh, I, want, I want to roll things back just a second here. Cause a little, a little while, a little a couple of minutes ago, we were talking about mirroring and matching and you guys made the comment. I mean, Rafael, you mentioned about someone, the person who did it, and they were clearly obviously trying to mirror you yeah. and so forth. And you're like, it's odd. But at the end of the day, they're trying I mean, yeah. uh, kudos to that person for doing it and trying it because no different than the cold call. How are you yeah. going to get better at yeah. it if you don't try it? Yeah, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna look like a fool sometimes. You're gonna have situations where you're like, oh, it's obvious. But the only way you're going to get past that is by going through that awkward stage, no different than the cold call. So so to that person who did that, who was obvious to you, kudos
2: to that person. Keep doing it. (laughs) Keep trying it. You will get better. You know what? You are right, Jonathan. You are right. Uh, I I, uh, thank you for checking me on that. But yeah, this this was actually like the the one that comes to mind. It was actually a, a job interview. Uh, so they were sitting, and I talk about be, you know communication, behavioral tendencies, and uh, on a lot of videos and stuff like that. So they probably saw, saw some of my content, and they started you know applying that. Um, and uh, and yeah, I, I needless I ended up hiring them at the end of the at the end of the day. But but so I guess rapport was there. Uh, but yeah, so so it was just you know it was one of those things where 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 you 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 almost don't realize when you're doing it right like, or when somebody's mm-hmm. doing it to you uh you know unless it's it's, it's blatantly obvious but but yeah it's it's, a, it's an incredible thing to to just have you know, have the 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 tenacity to go practice it man like that's the thing that holds most people back um you know what i used to do um and i dude, it still like every now and then i'll catch myself doing it um goes to show right we're, we're a work in progress uh but uh, before a cold calling session i would start to like uh, i don't know clean the windows I was like oh i want to oh, have my, yes, my, yes. my desk my desk has to be the printed. desk uh, the i'm desk. gonna organize my desktop on my computer because i don't want to get confused when i'm cold calling like i don't yes. know just procrastinating <laughs> yes. to a whole nother like god level mode you know what i mean like, yeah. like you'll find the crazy things to to procrastinate on and and uh, i mean it's
0: I need it's, to color code my sticky notes
2: <laughs> yes exactly um and oh you know what i'm thirsty and, you, yeah. get up and you know i don't know things like that but it, it's it's um it really comes down to a, a sense of tenacity of going after it right and, and putting those reps in like it's not gonna get better until you you take you make the reps or do the reps
1: well, my, my favorite story on that one was not cold calling. It was actually door knocking. So the first yeah. day I ever went out door knocking and Savage. that was exactly it. And and you're going house to house. You're like, no, not this one, not this one. Finally, yeah. I, I picked a house down the street Yeah, I just looked at that house and said, that house, when I hit that house, I'm walking up the driveway and I'm knocking on their door. I don't yeah. care. And, and it's just because you've got to just as you say, especially at the beginning, you got to hardwire that in. And and we say at the beginning, but I agree with you. It's like every day when you're doing it, every day when I'm going to go, yeah. it, it's exactly it. It's it's that procrastination of I got this to do. I got this to do. No, no, no. It is 10 o'clock in the morning. I am making cold calls. If yeah. I have not made a call by 10.01, then I've not done
2: my job that day. It, it's got to be a non-negotiable. Yeah. Um. A similar process when I started putting content together. I hate it being in front of the camera uh now it's not that i love it but it doesn't bother me as much you know what i mean i was like all right cool let's knock it out no, but i started i had to do a mind shift and, and and embrace it as part of my daily you know non-negotiables like it's a thing that's happening like i have to do this it's, you know same process with with uh, cold calling it was so uncomfortable um and it, it really came down to like no calls no money like do you want to starve and die Like that's, that's a dramatic I get uh, when I'm trying to to hype myself up. (laughs) That's
0: huge though. That, that's a a mindset like game changer to, Hey, if I don't make cold calls, I don't get to eat. That's that'd make you do it.
2: Yeah. Um, One one of my
0: um, favorite mentors, uh, George Zalicki, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but Mm -hmm. uh, he talked about calling. He's like, if you set yourself up to make 10 calls today and you you're better off to make those 10 calls, and screw up every one of them to the worst of your abilities yeah. than to not make them at all, because mentally you will destroy yourself. You can't make up 10 extra calls tomorrow and be okay. Mentally, you have to do it today. <clears throat> Once you've made that decision, yeah. you've got to be able to do that. How do you keep your mindset flowing in periods like that? Because you, you have to bounce around, especially being an entrepreneur, you have to bounce around from, uh, say, a meeting in the morning to making time for your cold calling. At, do you still make time for cold calling daily?
2: Yeah. So I'll do um, one stuff that I do is, is training and cold calling every now and then I'll jump in and I'll set like a day to catch up on, on old leads and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't cold call that much. My team does it. Um, so they'll cold call and then send it over to acquisitions. So I spend a lot of time with the acquisitions team training them up. Uh, and that sort of thing. And then I'll jump in to, if I see something that's happening, okay, that's a deal, not that I micromanage, but uh, if it's something like outside of the, uh, I don't know, create a financing deal that we need to structure a little different, right? Okay, cool. I'll put my eyes on it and then I'll work on that deal and, you know, go direct to the seller and that sort of thing. So I still stay, uh, you know, relatively close to, to, the, uh, to the action when it comes to that. Um, but yeah, as far as moving from one, one space to the other, man, I, I can't tell you, uh, you know, how you know, much of a blessing time blocking is uh it's mm. really it's really if it's not in my schedule it's not happening and i was not the the schedule guy Like it's, it's, I'm not organized, you know, I'm not organized enough for schedules. Like, you know, uh, that's what I used to think. Um, But if it's not in the schedule, it's not happening. So I actually build it into the schedule. Like it's, I have a time block in there and I'll share my calendar and booking and whatever, but that time is always taken, right? Like this is a time that I'm either, um, so I I call it lead generation or, or deal generation, Um, and, uh, and it's training for acquisitions. It's me cold calling, it's doing something, but I'm dedicating that time to, to that specific activity throughout the day. Right um i have that and then of course we have like you know time blocks for for different things in the uh, i do a lot of you know coaching now so i have to time block training you know or time for that kind of stuff and the the mindset is different you go from you know firing up the records and having a ton of conversations to actually moving over to something that's more can be more or the uh, you know the analytical and 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 Uh, you know side of things and in terms of coaching in terms of you know strategy breakdowns and you have to have a lot more patience for that kind of stuff than than you do for regular cold calls and and, you know that sort of thing but time blocking just kind of shifts my my um my hats per se right so Mm -hmm. that's that's one of the things is like okay i'm clocking out of this one for now Uh, and i know that in the morning i'll do um i'll spend a lot of time just generating new business Right. Like that's the time block in the morning, You're either working on on funnels, landing pages, content, stuff, stuff that's going to bring, you know, uh, business in for any of the businesses, uh, new business. And then the afternoons are usually spent working on what I already have, um, you know, catching up on things and team. And, and that's sort of how do you
0: keep it fun?
2: Oh, dude, I love what I do. Are you, talk- <laughs> are you crazy? Like this conversation is me working. How is this? <laughs> how is this me working? you know and 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 that that's um i mean i think we forget to have fun man it, it's easy to forget to have fun but i i like i enjoy i really enjoy um having conversations about business and empowering other people and then seeing inspirational stories i was like all right i was able to make these changes and and if i can have you know ripple effect in one person a week or something you know i feel like i'm i'm fulfilling that role mm-hmm. um and it's just it keeps me motivated and going so so yeah uh, sorry go ahead what, one of my mindset uh, coaches once told me, because um, I, I, I told him, yeah, man, I have, I think I had I don't know five or six transactions that I was closing on traditional uh, deals uh, for that month. Uh, I was like, yeah, man, I'm swamped on Benzers And I was tired. And I don't like I didn't want to eh. I had that attitude. Um, he goes, um, Listen, man, there's so many different ways to play in in your industry. There's so many different ways. And I was like, What do you mean? So it took a second to sink in, right? But there's so many different ways to play in in the space of real estate. Like, for example, I mean, in in, in my example, um, you know, we can do like now I'm in real estate all the time, but I'm not actually doing the transactional stuff, right? I delegated a lot of stuff that I didn't uh, enjoy. And it's like, it's not me, it's not my highest and best. And I spend a lot of time coaching and having conversations and putting connections and relationships together, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Like, that's my highest and best. So I think it's 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 finding a, um, a, a common ground where we're, we're in a combination of progress and fun and, you know, what's your highest and best, uh, you know, activity for the business. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. I, uh, <laughs> you know, this is going to sound dumb, but, uh, do you, uh, have you ever heard Sean Stevenson? He's passed away now, but, uh. He was yeah. a motivational speaker, and yeah. uh, he called himself the the CFO for his family, the Chief Fun Officer. Uh, and his uh, his first big viral video was just him dancing, you know, having a <laughs> dance party. And you know, it's one. It sounds dumb, but I've tried it. You know, those days when it's it. You know, you, you get bogged down by things. You know, numbers yeah. can be a little. um heavy for me Jonathan gets excited by them I get overwhelmed by them um why we make great partners but uh you know I will get up and crank the music up for a song and just move and dance and just like oh my gosh it's not so serious I can have fun doing this like I don't have to be so stressed out all the time what uh what do you think has been the differentiator for you mindset wise keeping your company on track in the hard times
2: um Clarity. I think clarity. Uh, two things actually: clarity and curiosity. Curiosity has gotten me places. It's gotten me in trouble sometimes. Like the the <laughs> what if the what if question. I want to hear what? that
0: story. <laughs> what,
2: what if we we were to do this this way? Right? Like it, it's um and and curiosity is is I think it's I mean it's really the spark of innovation of doing things in in a different way. Um, but. We all, if you're running your own business, you're you, it's like you having your own ball of wax. You can take that thing and shape it however you want, right? That's where that's where curiosity comes in. What if you, you know, I don't know, shape it this way? What if you add another, you know, section to it? What if you get rid of that section? Like what happens then? So, thinking, you know, always thinking with uh from that uh from that space. Um, and and a really close second one is clarity. Um, <clears throat> when we get overwhelmed and um. Uh, as entrepreneurs i think it's it's usually because of a lack of clarity where we're headed right uh, at a you know individual level it's one thing but when that clarity is 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 not in the business people don't understand what they're doing right they're, they don't understand their daily actions they don't have a a a, a clear cut um sense of accountability for what's supposed to be happening i mean that's a big problem but um, When you add the lack of clarity overall, like, what are we trying to build? Where, where, where are we heading? You know, okay, what are what are we aiming at on a monthly basis? Like, what's the big thing? Like, what's the big purpose of just this business itself? Like, that uh, having a, a lack of clarity there, I think it's what creates that sense of overwhelm. overwhelm. Uh, more than anything else uh, because we can if you have clarity you're going to figure out what actions you need to take and then you know if you take actions and, and, and continue that forward movement uh the, usually the stressors uh, you know start to to diminish little by little right but if you mm-hmm. stay stagnant because you don't have clarity you don't know where you're headed like that's going to mess you up in every single aspect mm-hmm. <clears throat> so so i i i place a big emphasis on, on clarity and you from the pragmatic side too right we okay these are the numbers and the stuff that we need to hit these are the actions that are happening i have sop trainings for for every single role in my company i brought that from the fire department days um Mm -hmm. standard operating procedures right and and just kind of connect plugged it into into the way that i do business and um and that creates clarity in that space but what about individual clarity like we're you know people don't work for us. It's one thing to understand, right? Like people don't work for me, even though I have people in my companies, they don't work for me. They work for themselves. I just happen Mm -hmm. to be a vehicle for them. Um,
0: most employers could understand that. (laughs)
2: What's, (laughs) what's the, uh, the, I have to make it good for them. Like it's my responsibility to, to give them a good vehicle, right? Um, that includes helping them get clarity over what they want. So mm-hmm. for example, one thing that I, that I do in that sense, it's uh, we call it the top threes. What are the top three personal priorities? like that you have, and this is conversations that I have with my management team. Uh, you know, what are your top three personal priorities? And then at the beginning, they would say more leads, more deals, more like, no, 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 no. Like your personal priorities. I know that if you're with your family on, on Thanksgiving, like you're not thinking more deals. <laughs> like you, you're not thinking oh more leads. Like, no, what are your priorities? When you go to bed at night, like that's, what do you wish for? What, what's, you know, what's a desire, right? And if you're in the personal growth, uh, track and you've been having or you know conversations like these for years um it, it may be something very very common and normal right but most people are not unfortunately mm-hmm. the the you know most most people out there 90 percent I want to say uh, are just kind of getting getting exposed to to the the possibilities they don't they they don't have the awareness of okay I can I can dream I can do things outside of that 95 I can actually have my own you know desires come in and then have those uh, be my motivators to perform and, and and create my own clarity. So just placing that question, what are your top three priorities and and going back to revisit them um, and you know keeping them in 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 just you know in awareness, right uh, creates clarity for the team, for them at an individual level. Now I ha- if I have the clarity from the business side and I, I become a, a good vehicle for them to perform on that, like, dude, like that's going to get you through that through that process because now everybody's working towards the same, um, you know, goal, right? Which is their goals are in alignment with my vehicle. Yeah. Well, yeah. No,
1: just, just as you were saying that there about, <clears throat> about them having their own goals and their own clarity within that, and this sort of ties back to what you said before and goes back to the creativity and the, uh, the curiosity. Yeah. Do you actually block time for those things to, hey, here's the time to really relook at everything. Uh, do, do you have that blocked in your calendar?
2: Yeah, uh, morning ritual. I have. Uh, I, I mean, it's that's a non-negotiable for me. <laughs> I actually don't start working until around ten a.m., uh, but I wake up at five. <laughs> so,
0: Ooh, let's so, hear this morning ritual. I want to know this because <laughs> no, I'm I'm huge on this. This is a if <laughs> I don't start my day exactly the right way, my mindset is not where it needs to yeah. be for the day.
2: Yeah. So, so um, I, I wake up at five, and I used to wake up around six thirty or seven. Uh, but my my son, he's he's uh, turning sixteen in December. Uh, he's crazy, uh, and he wants to, like,
0: <laughs> A crazy teenager? I don't believe. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: but it, like we've been we've been working out together for the longest time. So I, I actually built the gym at home, and and it's like our it's our thing, right? Our activity. Nice. Like okay, we'll go in, and then he works out, and and you know, Anyways he's in high school now so he doesn't have time uh, you know to to go work out with me like we used to because we used to I mean we used to pick a time and 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 then just kind of you know not do anything in the afternoons and block out time for that now he's doing jiu and you know a bunch of other things so our time kind of got you know pushed back right and then I got busy and, and you know whatever so a lot of things kind of got in the middle and, and and one day we're like why why don't we go to the gym at five in the morning and I was just kind of like putting it out there i really didn't want to do it honestly (laughs) like like i'm hoping he's gonna say no because of something that makes sense and then we just do the whole 5 a.m thing um but but he says no yeah i'm game all right so he's been you know i used to wake him up at the beginning for for maybe the first month or so like i would go wake him up um, and then I, I, I stopped waking him up. Now he wakes me up at five in the morning to go work out. Like, it, so we go hit the gym, we start moving, get that blood flow in there. So by five, about five we're at the gym. We'll go, you know, we'll do that for an hour, come back to the house. As soon as we get back to the house, my next thing is to go to my, I have a, I have a home office. I go to my office. It's kind of like my, my Zen place, my library. Um, and I meditate, I meditate for a good 30, 40 minutes. Um, come out of that, and when I come out of that, I go drop them off to the bus stop, uh, come back, and then start prepping breakfast and that sort of thing. So it, it gives me a couple of uh, of, of just different uh, points that doesn't get boring. Uh, you know, it's different activities that I'm that I'm just kind of knocking out, and I'm I'm sque- the the most beautiful thing about it is that I'm squeezing in time for for family. So the second block of that is my wife is going off to, usually when I get come back from, when I drop them off at the bus stop, my wife is downstairs because she's prepping to go to, she's a counselor. So she's prepping to go to, uh, to go to her job, right? So we spend some time there in the morning and then, you know, do our thing again. When she leaves, I have to go drop off my 10-year-old, right? So now I have that, you know, time with him. So I have time with everybody in the morning. Uh, but I already meditated. Usually my learning, my audiobooks, and all that stuff happened during the gym. I don't, I hardly ever listen to music. Uh, I, I'm always listening to like, you know, the power of intention by Wayne Dyer or something when I'm, you know, hitting my max reps and, and <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. But but it's like it's my thing. I love that. So I'm 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 hitting the the growth aspect, the physical movement af- aspect, the relationships we're catching up, you know, every single morning, even if it's for you know 30, 40 minutes. Um, usually when we come back in the afternoon, everybody's got their, like their own thing, you know, going on, right. Sometimes I make it back at, you know, 7 PM or something and, you know, spend time with my wife, but the kids are, you know, gaming or whatever. Like I already own them in the morning. Um, so I, I, I like that. And when I come back, I just kind of, I usually pick up maybe like a little second session of, of meditation, but I do a lot of journaling when I, when I come back from dropping off my, my, my son, um, that's when the journaling happens. And, and I, sp- that's my creative thinking time. Um, and, or working on something that's just stimulating my, my, my curiosity. Like I have to, I have to stay curious, man. It, it's, it's, I stopped doing that for, for several, like actually several years in my twenties. And and I felt like, like the the magic kind of the spark kind of, you know, faded away for 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 a while there so
0: for everything the things that used <clears> to <throat> yeah. fascinate me as a teenager no longer fascinate me yeah if it, when i found things that fascinated me the world became magical again
2: yeah yeah um, i'm a huge uh Leonardo da vinci fan um and i mean just the the uh the thought process of that guy man it's just insane oh so absolutely i use absolutely. that as inspiration <laughs>
0: Um, I know we're we're coming up to uh, the end of our hour here that uh, we have booked with you, and I'm sure you're a super busy guy, which uh, we know. I, I have one question left. What can you define organizational <clears throat> psychology for us? And do we have enough um, time for that?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, organizational psychology it's it's the uh, the study of people in business. Uh, how do uh, how do people behave in the workplace, and how to connect you know the the right seats to the right butts per se, right? Um, that only works if you have the right systems in place. So, so it comes from an understanding of, of, okay, how can we lean out when you hear six Sigma and, and, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff, a lot of it, uh, ties back into organizational psychology from the system standpoint, how can you lean out, um, you know, a, a system, a process, how can you be methodical and get rid of redundancies, right? And then you start, you know, working on, on this, this, um, this logical approach to, to business creation. All right, And and you have your 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 framework, your infrastructure. Now you got to plug the people factor into it. Uh, hiring right plays a big, big role into it. Communication plays a big role into it. Um, so it's an understanding of both. Really, like how how does the, the human psychology uh, connect with the systems that you have in place? And are they working together or are they just not making sense and clashing?
0: Mm hmm. You know, one of the things I love talking uh, to people on this podcast is um, learning new ideas and, and seeing what people are doing and, Every once in a while, I understand that my learning needs to step up even further than it already is. Because talking to somebody like you, I feel like a slacker when it comes to my learning. So, uh, which, which I, I don't think I am, but uh, I certainly love the fact that steel sharpens steel. Raphael, I really appreciate your time today. Um, as always, it's been a, an absolute pleasure talking with you. I, I just, your energy is amazing. Where, uh, where can people, where can people find you and uh, reach out to you?
2: Uh, I'm pretty active on social media. So if somebody wants to get a hold of me, I look at all the DMs and all that stuff. Um, but I'm at uh, my handle is Rafael Cortes CEO. Um, on Instagram, Facebook is the same thing. I have a Facebook group. Uh, you can get added on REI Wholesaling um, in, in Facebook. And um, I actually put a course together that breaks down the entire wholesaling process from sourcing, conversion, acquisitions, dispo, measuring and improvement. So six stages of wholesaling. It's a free course. Uh, if you go to REIwholesaling.com, uh, you're, you're going to be able to download that for free. So.
0: And it's absolutely incredible because you did send it to me in actually two different forms, and uh, I haven't made it all the way through, but it's only a focus (laughs) issue. It's not uh, not that the information isn't incredible. It's just needed to keep my focus somewhere else. Raphael, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I appreciate (laughs) being inspired by you today, sir. Uh, JT, thank you. you. Uh, Always a pleasure to hear from you and see you. You're one of my favorite people on the planet. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate your time and making it all the way through. If you want to know more about what we're doing, you can certainly go to guidetothegrind.com. Check us out there. Raphael, again, thank you very much. Jonathan, you're amazing. Have a fantastic day, and we will see you soon.